May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. We thank once again the mother of Amadou Diallo, Kariatu Diallo, for gracing us today with that conversation and her presence uh, on the 25th anniversary of the murder of her son, uh, Amadou Diallo. Just, um, just grateful uh, that she chose this platform to express herself a quarter century later. As promised now, we wrap today's show with this, a conversation, I've been looking forward to this one, uh, a dialogue now with Jamal Mayfield about his debut book, Smoke Kings. I just love the title, Smoke Kings. The buzz on this book has reached a fever pitch, with Jamal Mayfield being heralded as a fresh and fierce new voice to crime fiction. The book, a powerful and provulsive novel with a diverse and unforgettable cast of characters, asked this question. What would happen If reparations for African-Americans were finally charged and exacted, wait for it, wait for it, charged and exacted by force. Mm. I am delighted to welcome to this program the author of the book that everybody's talking about, Smoke Kings, Jamal Mayfield. Jamal, how are you today, sir? I'm doing excellent, Tavis. Uh, First, I want to, you know, thank you for that wonderful introduction and uh and also thank you for the service that you've uh you've 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 rendered for so many years uh you're an inspiration to me and um you know just you've always talked about issues that are important to black folk uh with intelligence and wit so this is a thrill to be on the show with you today well it's a mutual admiration society man i'm a fan of yours now um uh it's an amazing amazing book and and this audience knows um and for that matter those who follow my work on television and radio over the years know that i don't do a lot of conversations with novelists for a couple of reasons number one i always have a hard time not giving the storyline away number one that's the first thing it's too hard to know what to say and what not to say you don't want to give too much away that's the first issue the second issue is that i i'm I'm a non-fiction guy obviously I've written a bunch of books, and I love to read nonfiction. Um, but um, but every now and then, there's a novel that comes out that just grabs me by the throat, just grabs me, man. Uh, and Smoke Kings got my attention, and I couldn't wait to get into it. Uh, and it is it's it, it's an amazing story. I think one of the reasons uh, Jamal White 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 grabbed me is because back to your your fine compliment of the work I've tried to do in my career, my work in witness over the years. You grab a real world issue. And you you right. situate it uh, in a in a, in a in a fictional way. Let me just say, I have great respect. I've said this many times before. I have great respect for for fiction writers. I'm a nonfiction writer, and okay, that's nice. But at least when I write a book, I know where I'm going. I'm starting with something, <laughs> and I know right. what what frame I want to be in. I know what I want to share about that particular issue. But you guys create something out of nothing. And in your case, you take a real world issue, a real, real world issue, that is, and you fictionalize it in a way that pulls in all kinds of readers that I might not ever get uh, as a nonfiction writer. So tell me why you chose uh, this particular issue to be the center of a novel. Oh, that's a great question. I, I have to tell you, um, this this. This novel kind of gestated for years before I even sat down to actually start writing it. Mm. Um, one, one of the um, seminal moments for me, my little cousin was uh, murdered in an act of violence back in 2018. Mm. And I remember at the time, you know, uh, we were standing on the street and having a candlelight vigil. And that's what happens when our young black men, you know, die. We have the hashtags on Twitter or X. We have the, you know, uh, the candlelight vigils, the, the, the graffiti murals. And, and I just thought, 
boy, that's just not enough. And then we had two years later, uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd. And, and I like to tell everyone I watched all nine minutes and I think it was 29 seconds of that video for my own humanity. Mm. I said, I can't turn away from this. Mm. I have to watch this. And then there was uh, Kimberly Jones uh, uh, had a video that went viral. I, I saw it through the Trevor Noah show. And uh, it's called How Can We Win? And she talked with such rage and such anger but also such eloquence about the oppression and the systemic racism and, 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 and how, you know, we created wealth in Tulsa and it came in and bombed us. And, you know, I just, I had never seen that rage and that intelligence put together so well. And then she ended the video and she said, and they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. Mm. And that line, it just stuck with me. And I thought, boy, what well, what would happen if we were looking for revenge Woo! in addition to the equality? And mm -hmm. that's where Smoke Kings was born. Wow. See, I, that's why <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know where you were going with that question. But but I love when I ask yeah. a question. I, I I get lucky every now and then. I ask a question and it takes me places I didn't even know we were going to go. But I, but I'm always okay. fascinated, Jamal, by the backstory for how these things come to be. Whenever I see artists of your of your ilk and your stature create a masterpiece like you've done with Smoke Kings, I'm always fascinated by the backstory. And I, and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't asked that question. So I'm glad now to know the backstory. And the audience knows how this thought, to your point, gestated for years until you finally heard that line. As, as a matter of fact, so, so, so when you heard that line, I'm talking to you now as a creator, as a creative. So you, you right. hear this line in real time. Creatively, tell me more about what triggers inside your head and heart. Again, it was just, it, uh, you know, oftentimes when you're trying to create a fiction story, you're thinking about, well, what what if? Right. And you're creating these what if scenarios. And oftentimes, you know, you know, I'm I'm a fan of uh, of writing, mm -hmm. you know, so this is my debut crime novel. But I've been a reader of crime fiction for forever mm -hmm. and I've wanted to, you know, step into the genre myself forever. So I spent a lot of time you know, listening to interviews from other writers, and they all talk about that spark, that what if. Mm -hmm. And they have that moment where the what if comes. And that was the moment for me. When I heard that line, I just, what? I, I, what did you just say? Mm -hmm. Let me rewind that and hear that again. Mm -hmm. And I rewound it and I listened to it again. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. What? What? <laughs> I mean, I was just... So so, so this, I, I couldn't think of anything better. Okay, so, so, know, so then, as, as a what if. So then, draw me a line, if to the extent you can, draw me a line from this thought. This what if pops in your head. All right, now, now, now we got a spark for a book here. You're going into the crime fiction space. We got a novel that you know that you now know exactly. Not exactly, but you kind of know where you want to go based on this spark that you feel and that you hear. Draw a line from that spark to then the characters that you start to develop. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So now at this point, I know I have my what if, and I have to create this framework for how I'm going to present this. Okay. And originally, I kind of, uh, uh, I drew inspiration from a novel that was uh, out years ago uh, called The Professionals by Owen Lockinen. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and he had some, you know, young uh, suburban white folks that were college graduates that, you know, decided to, you know, uh, you know, they were dealing with the economic, you know, depression that was happening during that period of time. And they started committing these kidnappings for their economic wealth. And I thought 
that framework is great. You know, I love that idea of a group. So mm-hmm. I now knew I wanted to, I didn't want to have just one person enacting this. And I thought, you know, kidnappers would be so difficult for one person to carry out anyway. So now I have to start thinking about this group. And so, uh, you know, the first, the first character I actually came up with uh, was Nate Evers, who is kind of like the de facto leader of the group. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw this young kind of militant brother, intelligent, with a lot of the rage. And I thought, you know, how can I take that rage and, and, and bring in that intelligence, like I said, that I saw in that Kimberly Jones video. So he was the first character. And then I just, uh, you know, from there, we just started building out, um, you know, who the other characters were going to be. Um, later on, once I got an agent, we actually changed uh, one of the characters pretty dramatically. But, uh, you know, I had this framework of this group of four that uh, dealt with a personal tragedy. And after that personal tragedy said, you know what, no, no more of the, the graffiti murals and the Twitter hashtags and all those things I said before. We're going to do something real and something severe. Mm. And uh, it was a lot of fun to write those characters because of that. Yeah. And then the other you know, side of the coin is you, have, you need some antagonists. So uh, I thought I want to have an antagonist that's a white supremacist that's just all around awful. But then I want to have a balance of a young uh, white guy that is, uh, you know, long in the tooth and has had some experiences that kind of informed some of the awful thoughts that he has because he'd be a little bit more relatable to folks because racism isn't as black and white as, no pun intended, as black and white as we oftentimes make it. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> we got protagonists, we got antagonists, and we got the author, Jamal Mayfield, telling us that uh, racism ain't always as black and white pardon the pun, as we think it is. And he exploits that beautifully in this book, his debut uh, novel. It's called Smoke Kings, and everybody's talking about it, as are we, with its author, Jamal Mayfield, on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Right number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Jamal Mayfield, author of the book that everybody's talking about. It's called Smoke Kings. Uh, beautiful novel written by this brother, and I'm honored to have him on this program. So, all right, Jamal, we got protagonists, we got antagonists, but what we, what we really have here, though, is you beautifully and brilliantly exploiting this notion, this frame that you just put us in. That racism isn't always as black and white as we think, isn't always as black and white as it appears. To the extent you can unpack that without giving too much away, uh, I ask you to do so, brother. It's interesting, uh, Tavis, and uh, I went on a journey with these characters as well. And uh, when I first sat down to start this book, I started this book from an absolute place of rage and anger. Again, I talked about that personal experience with my cousin. Mm-hmm. I thought about Philando Castile and Eric Gardner and Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown and just, you know, on and on and on. It's just story after story of young black brothers leaving this earth through violent means, through racism far, far too early. So I was coming from a place of anger. The the original title of the manuscript was White Devils. <laughs> and, and, and as I'm going on this journey, uh, I start to realize there's so, there's so many nuances to this thing, which is why we still are dealing with it 60 years after Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. And so 
that that journey was transformative for me as it was for the characters as I'm going through it. And then I got to a point where I started saying, all right, I want to try to, you know, talk about these nuances of this of this issue in a way that maybe hasn't been talked about before. And, and I'm thrilled, you know, we got in one of the early trade reviews from Kirkus Reviews, and uh, I forget the exact wording, but they said, you know, racism had rarely been dealt with as effectively uh, as it was in this book. And and that was a, the greatest compliment because yeah. I started to realize, again, as I went on that journey from that original Angry White Devils manuscript to what became Smoke Kings, yeah. there is a lot of, lot of nuances to, to this yeah. issue. You mentioned you mentioned Kirkus, uh, which I saw, but I know you saw, I hope you saw that New York Times piece yesterday. I did, I did. Man! Uh, uh, and then a... a, a <laughs> Uh, Washington Post yesterday as well. So yeah, I'm I'm just so I'm so grateful to you know all the reviewers that have responded to uh, Smoke Kings in such a positive way. No, I'm when I when I and grateful. Oh, I, I appreciate that as you, as you should be, uh, and as I am uh, for this time to talk to you about it, humbled and grateful. But it it was a big deal. I said earlier that everybody's talking about this book. You heard him just mention Kirkus in the Washington Post yesterday. That piece in the New York Times was massive, uh, and, he, and he was the lead review yesterday. It was a big lead. Uh, for Smoke Kings. When I tell you that everybody's talking about it, I ain't just making this up. Everybody's talking about Smoke Kings. Now, uh, while we got a couple seconds here before we continue our conversation, I'm going to think about and see what Miles, my board op, thinks about it. Um, I, I'm not sure, now that not, not, not I know the backstory, I'm not sure which I like more uh, White Devils <laughs> or Smoke Kings. Both both, both kind of resonate. I, I can do a poll on that. Speaking of polling, uh, White Devils or Smoke Kings. Anyway, Smoke Kings is the name of it. The author is Jamal Mayfield. Our remaining moments with him when we come forward. On Tav is smiling. Seeking the truth. Speaking the truth. This, this is the Tav is Smiley Show. show. Sounds, Sounds different. different. Huh? This, this is Tavis Smiley. Uh, uh, to the extent that it matters, Jamal Mayfield, uh, Miles, uh, my board op, and I caucused during that break, and uh, he chose White Devils. I chose Smoke Kings, uh, primarily because <laughs> primarily because I'm thinking about your marketing. I don't know how you market a book called White Devils, uh, but he chose White yeah, Devils. Exactly. I chose Smoke Kings. I'll let you break the tie, Jamal Mayfield. Yeah, I'm going to go with Smoke Kings as well. But. <laughs> From, from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. And, and in all seriousness, you know, the book, uh, you know, as I, you know, I said earlier, I did go through a transformation as well. Yeah. And so that original rage, you know, gave, you know, fruit to something that I thought was a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more intelligent. Uh, you know, that title came from a, a W.E.B. Du Bois poem mm -hmm. uh, called Song of the Smoke. And, um, and it just felt more relevant to what I tried to do with the book yep. in that original title. Let me close this conversation. I got two minutes to go and I'll give it to you. Let me close where I began yeah. um, this dialogue. We began this dialogue. Um, I was mention mentioning that uh, I have great respect for fiction writers. I'm a nonfiction writer. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to jump out of the fiction lane to the nonfiction lane as we close here and ask what, what, your, uh, what your assessment is of the way that we do or don't talk about race in this country? Oh, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that I did for research for this book is uh, I really looked into the um, Equal Justice Initiative, Brian Stevenson's uh, oh, yes. nonprofit, yes, yes. which is uh, based out of Montgomery, Alabama. And, um, you know, when we talk about race and we talk about lynching and things of that nature, 
we we tend to regionalize it, you know, and we make it a you know a deep south issue. And uh, I was stunned when I was going through and looking at because the you know Equal Justice Initiative did um, you know uh, some deep dive work into research. And I'm here in New Jersey, and I discovered that there was a young man that was uh, lynched in New Jersey named Mingle Jack five minutes from where I live. Mm. And that was not something that I heard growing up. Mm. It was not something that I realized as part of our history. And I just realized as I'm going through that, you know, this, this thing is, is more encompassing than we, than we like to admit in this country. Yeah. And there's so many issues around it, and there's so many nuances to it. I had said to someone else one time, you know, people get upset at rioters and things of that nature. I, violent responses is probably more justifiable more often than we even realize, mm-hmm. right? No, no one bats an eye when, uh, you know, uh, a businessman loses his job and comes home and he's trying to figure out how he's going to feed his family and take keep a roof over his head and he knocks the salt and pepper shakers off the table in a fit of rage. Yeah. Uh, no, no one is blown away by that, but we are blown away when uh, a marginalized community like black folks that have been dealing with this since Emmett Till and beyond uh, respond in, in, in anger. And so I wanted to, with Smoke Kings, take that anger yes. uh, again, as, as Kimberly Jones did in her video, channel it in a more intelligent way and have a more nuanced and real mm-hmm. conversation around race than what we've seen in, in fiction. I always bow down when I hear the name Brian Stevenson. I've known Brian for years, love and adore him, uh, and he is among the best yeah. that our people have ever produced in this country. Love, love, love the work and witness of Brian Stevenson as I love the work and witness in non in in, uh, in novel form of uh, Jamal Mayfield. Uh, as I said, everybody's talking about it, and you should be uh, getting your hands on a copy of it as quickly as you can. It's called Smoke Kings. Uh, written by Jamal Mayfield. Jamal, congratulations on an amazing text. Good to have you on this program, my friend. All the best to you. I appreciate it so much. And, and again, thank you for all your service through all these years. Uh, you're amazing, and this is an honor of a lifetime. Thank you, sir. You stay strong.